Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to, to Sex time. time. Getting better. So close. So close. It's not like either of us is surprised by what the other is saying. We've done this every time. Right. We just don't have the same cadence, which I guess is what makes this podcast interesting to begin with. Yeah, we're very different. If it is interesting, I'm not convinced. We have one episode that's getting close to 900 listens. We are very different. Mm-hmm. Hi, Badger. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I had a coven meeting, and it was fun. We played uh, beanbag toss and ate potato chips. It's fun knowing what witches do in their, their spare time, right? Yeah. I've been communing with my familiar. Cat. Classic. Sure. Um, today's weather is lovely. It's overcast. It's in the 60s. Um, so I've been just enjoying some time cuddling with my animals because summer has made that prohibitive. And um, uh, I lit my candle that smells like apples and cinnamon. And I'm ready for hygge season. Yes, I imagine that we'll have some more heat spells before we really hit that stride. But this is a nice week. This is a real relief. A real I, relief. Uh, I'm going to go running later to practice for our blurch. I am not going to do that. I'm going to take a nap before I go out for the night. Can you Very different. I normally don't go out for the night, but I'm going to, so I'm preparing. Are you going to see Lisa? Yes, I am. That sounds fun. I'm sure she would love it if you could make it sometime. I would like that. Um, it's just not ideal with, with all the attention that Bonnie needs. Sure. But maybe at some point in the future, circumstances will line up and it will work out. Yeah. Like maybe if she plays a brunch sometime. She does weddings. We can just try to score an invite to one. Okay. I'm, I'm down for that. Or infiltrate one. That would be fine. I mean, yeah. we just, let's just throw on headsets and get clipboards and wear black and sort of mill around the back as though we were coordinating something. Easy. So easy. Mm-hmm. Well, um, before we launch into the subject matter of today's show, which is the same as every show, I want to do another round of can you figure out who this person is going to be in a relationship with on Sex in the City. Okay, shoot. Okay, so his name is Jack Berger. No. He, write, he rides no. a motorcycle. Why are you saying no all the way? His name is Jack Berger? B-E-R-G-E-R. Still. Not like he is a sandwich. Although some might say he is a snack. Is he? <laughs> No, uh, no. <laughs> I don't know what the actor's name is, but he is the lead in Office Space. Oh, okay. Ron Livingston, I feel like, is the name. That could be totally wrong. I'm not going to Google it right now. Um, he uh, so he has a motorcycle. He's a bit sardonic. He, um, I believe, is a writer, and he he's you know kind of wry and funny and 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 kind of intellectual. Uh, Miranda. Okay, we'll see who Jack Berger winds up with. All right, and with that, um, I have a feeling you have a lot to say about this week's episode of Sex in the City. 
You know, the amount of angry I get about Sex in the City is kind of directly correlated to, like, how, how much energy I have to expend being upset about it. Mm-hmm. And I actually got some exercise yesterday, so I'm just, I'm just tired. So this is just all very disturbing, but I can't yell about it. I mean, this episode had everything. It had some class stuff. It had casual comparisons to a caste system. Mm-hmm. It had uh, a Southeast Asian trope, mm-hmm. which is one of the very, very few minority or uh, what's the new term? Not minority. Person of color. Person of color. With the speaking part, anyway. Yeah. So this episode is called The Cast System. So basically, the question emerges, are people compatible who are in different, like, stations as each other? Um, And because Miranda's having a little bit of an issue with how she's well off, but Steve isn't. And they kind of do some comparisons and there's like disparity if the woman has more money than the man, but it's totally normal for the man to have more money than the woman. And there's also issues with like, you know, there's a housekeeper and she's, I guess, I guess she's Thai. She makes Thai food. Um, She makes Thai food. So, I mean, I feel like they painted a very broad Asian brush with her. So who knows what her her ethnicity actually is right it was a real um geisha kind of thing oh definitely Uh, definitely um and playing into some stereotypes about like being kind of strategizing and um, manipulative manipulative exactly and so that's in a very uncomfortable shrill yes and then the women are all getting pedicures and you can't see, I think, any of the faces of the women, but it is pretty obvious that the women who are performing the work are women of color. So it's not just about this, the economic dif- disparities, but there's definitely a lot more heavy-handed use of race in this episode than some of the previous ones we've looked at. Um, and it's very clumsily done. Yeah, I feel like it. I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote this, because they they have so few actors of any color that when they have one, it has to be for a specific purpose. So why did they? Why would they hemp this this so very very badly? Yeah, pretty awful. And it I is think, awful, I and think- it. It just makes me think of, like, the non-white women who were, like, our age and and watching this show. And that's, they get to watch these four white ladies. And this is the first Southeast Asian portrayal. And that's, that's what you get. Yeah. So Samantha's dating a man who's pretty wealthy. And he has, as Samantha terms her, a servant. And she very much is... Um, like bows and subservience and um, she behaves a lot like, I guess, a stereotype of a geisha. I read memoirs of a geisha, but I've heard that that is not 
quite an accurate portrayal. Uh, I didn't read it. I read it like when I was late teens. So my memory is probably not even that great either. Um, So she's all like calm and subservient and deferential when the man is her boss is present. But then Samantha gets to lounge around in bed while he leaves her work. And she comes in and basically starts like literally throwing her out of the bed to wash the sheets. And she's incredibly rude to Samantha. And um, later after Samantha and this guy fucked for lack of a better term, um, he goes into the shower and then this servant comes in and starts stripping the bed. And um, there's like a tug of war over the sheets and she falls down. And when the man comes out and asks what happened the servant, I, her name is Sum. Um, he says that, or she says that Samantha had hit her and, um, he immediately believes her and then Carrie's voiceover is, yes, I guess it's not so dim. Yeah. I guess this sum isn't so dim, which is an allusion to a, a food stuff, which is not Thai in origin. So I guess it doesn't matter where she's from. She's Asian. They're all the same, right? Yep, Asia is a very small place, and all the people are very much alike. Now, Badger, you are part Asian. I am. Do you um, make Thai food, and can we make jokes about you being um, a Chinese food dish? Uh, I don't, and you can't. And actually, that's that's one of the things with how big Asia is. When you say Asian, it, the image that comes to mind is Southeast Asian, it's not South Asian, but that whole subcontinent is in Asia and its inhabitants are also Asians. So it's it's a little bit strange to kind of experience that erasure. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably similar for a lot of people who are from Africa as the continent, because I think when people say African, they assume, you know, uh, sub-equatorial Africa but northern Africa is filled with a lot of people who don't look like people from the southern parts of Africa and there's a pretty big diversity in culture and background and appearance on that continent as well it's a very large diverse continent yes it's so a big space yes anyway this show is bad yes <laughs> uh, hard concur um, in this show, one of the, one of the crux issues of this episode is that Carrie decides that she loves big and he gives her, oh, a gift. I am so sick of this. He gives her a gift that she doesn't like. And so she decides to use that moment to say that she loves him. And, um, it gets very weird. And she first feels- of all, that, that was a hilarious purse that he gave her. And if there is ever such a purse that exists i would like it here's the thing that's from like an actual designer and they had to get those pieces from that actual designer so that person had to sign on for having their work mocked by this show um i would so love an asparagus purse that was made out of rhinestones yeah awesome i want a purse that's made out of rhinestones it's like a little pink pig that I'm sure this designer has either done it or we can find you one like that. How cute would that be? I bet I can make one. But what's more, K 
Harry is constantly dressing, quote unquote, quirky. And that was a really quirky purse. So, of course, that looks like something that she would carry. But I guess it's got this weird connotation that only, like, women who wear bland colors would carry a purse like this. Because everyone at the Park Avenue party has one. It's fucking weird. I think I would, I think that would be fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I it. saw these purses uh, that were like dinosaurs. They're uh-huh. so cute, like little triceratops, and they were expensive. It's like a Kate Spade thing. Yeah, I would imagine so. Do you know the thing I'm talking about? Like the adorable little animal purses. I don't think I've seen those specific ones you're talking about, but I've seen some really fun purses, and I think. If, you know, there is a, you could have a very bland outfit and dress it up with a really fun purse. And it's like, oh, that person's, you know, got a sense of humor and it's fine. And also she has a big problem with honesty. And if she really disliked it, she could have said so. Because if he's, if he has any emotional intelligence, he would be accepting and receptive of that. Otherwise, this is a plot line from Gilmore Girls. Suki accepts or like mentions that she likes frogs like when someone's like oh are you do you like frogs and she just says yes to be polite and then all of a sudden her in-laws like saddle her with this huge collection of frog figurines because she was too polite to say she didn't like them so saying you like something you don't just sets you up for a future of having to pretend for like eternity saying that you like something you like sets you up for the same thing because if people find out that like oh i like uh holsteins specifically Holstein cows, then people, I, we have been given many guinea pig salt and pepper shakers. Yeah. I was given pig salt and pepper shakers. I've never really I like s- them. They're all out. They're all on display. I've never really expressed a fondness for pigs. Actually, I was at the farmer's market the other day and I heard somebody sort of directing a comment around where I was said that's a pig purse and I looked around because I was so excited to see the pig purse and I was just thinking of like you know a pink pig purse like shaped like a pig I was so excited uh and then I realized he met me I had the pig purse I have a purse with pigs on it yep (laughs) so fun purses are fine carrie shut up yeah fun purses are fun so purses let you carry many things around that you could not even if women were granted pockets on all of the clothes Mm -hmm. purses are like a kangaroo's pouch Mm -hmm. and i think that they are good and i think that everyone should carry them yeah regardless if they're women or not yes why would you reject uh, a simple modification that gives you the power of a kangaroo's pouch. I saw a posting on Facebook yesterday about how men can finally buy unisex underwear and they're like bralettes that are like, they don't have cups so you can just like wear a bralette that's flat. So it's a bralette? So it's a bralette for a small cupped woman or it's for a man. But then somebody else put on Twitter a few hours later like, any clothing's unisex if you stop being such a little bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's such a wide variety of sizes that most things are offered in in both sides of the clothing aisles. So it's like, 
we don't need to oh like uh chanel put out makeup for men even though makeup is for everybody yeah stop gendering everything (laughs) makeup's for everybody is the makeup for men cheaper? Maybe we should buy some. I doubt it. It's a high-end brand. No. You, you, we wouldn't be buying Chanel normally. No. I like our, I like cheap drugstore makeup. It's I, fun. I have a Chanel perfume that I quite like. Um, and I will pay high-end perfume prices, but not so much with makeup. So riddle me this. So mm. I, I wear a scent, but I refer to it as a cologne. Uh-huh. Because I think it smells more cologne-ish. And I was thinking, what is the difference? Is it is the difference between cologne and perfume that one is marketed towards women? Or is there an actual, like, smell spectrum? I don't know. I don't know about that. But I, I will say that um, back, back, back a billion years ago, when I moved in to the first apartment I shared with my ex, um, his brother's girlfriend was, we were doing a tour of the house and she came in and saw how all of what I would call my perfumes on my dresser. And she said, Whoa, you have a lot of sense. And I'm like, let's just call it that. <laughs> Cause it's all encompassing because I had some solid perfumes and I had some sprays that are like a little more dilute and I had some more perfumes and it's like, who gives a shit what they're called? So I don't know. You could Wikipedia it. I can Wikipedia it. I don't, I don't think it matters. You can call it whatever you want. It doesn't actually matter, but I was wondering if it was a, a marketing thing or, or if there was some, some spectrum of like, this is more earthy. This is a cologne. This is more floral. This is a perfume. Yeah, I, don't know I like there's... smelling floral stuff, but for some reason it turns into, it smells like wet garbage when it hits my skin. I've never experienced that. And I know that other people do that when your perfume settles on you, that it does have an effect with your body chemistry that can alter the smell. I've never noticed any perfume that I've worn um, turning weird. Um, And so I feel very lucky because I can wear pretty much whatever scent I want. Um, So for to be afflicted with what you have would probably be very sad for me. I wish Emily were here because we have the same issue where perfumes will turn into wet, wet dog smell on our skins, but it's opposite. She can't have anything woody or earthy mm-hmm. and I can't have anything jasminey. Hmm. We once tried on different perfumes when we were out and then we hugged goodbye and then we both wondered like what we were smelling later (laughs) uh we've strayed a little from the topic i'm fine with that um what do you i didn't do this on purpose what do you think about um i haven't been talking animatedly about scents (laughs) yeah that's not a big topic for you we one time went to nordstrom's and walked past the perfume aisle and you almost died so (laughs) yeah um I don't like those perfumes. I like my perfume. I like all of them. The the um, amalgamation of scents that you get as you walk past the perfume section in a department store is like probably one of my favorite smells on the planet. Oh, I think it smells like a mess. Oh, I love it. 
I hate it. When I worked at a grocery store, we used to have to sweep the floors a few times a day. And I would walk down the aisle that had all the laundry products and the blend of scents that you got from the detergents and fabric softeners was like my favorite part of the day. I think it's overpowering. (sighs) And I will, without taking a breath in, just hold my breath if I (laughs) stray too close to one of those. (laughs) So Charlotte becomes a groupie of of a sort in this episode oh yeah that was weird it was she was starstruck and she ended up letting this guy violate all of her rules um about like sleeping with a guy on the first date he's a star apparently a fictionalized movie star and he calls her charlene and he wants her to do kind of pervy stuff and she's not into it and he forcibly um blows pot smoke into her mouth so that she even after she says she doesn't smoke pot she is kind of forced to consume it that's called shotgunning um it feels really wrong (laughs) Uh, yes she that guy was super skeevy and i'm a little concerned that she called carrie from the back of that guy's car on his car phone from the 1999 it was her cell phone Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Well, and then Carrie's first response is, get out, leave. And she totally ignores Carrie. And Carrie just forgets about it. And I feel like Carrie would probably be a good source to know whether or not someone should proceed with an affair with a movie star. Because she's so uh, attuned to gossip columns and stuff. So she probably would know if he was a bad man. Yeah, I mean, this seems like... She was trying to warn Charlotte about a a Weinstein situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, just. And then uh, Charlotte blows her off and Carrie just goes back to like filing her nails. Yeah. Um, That story doesn't really go anywhere. And then Miranda and Steve um, becomes kind of obvious how much different their lives are and Miranda needs Steve to come to a company party tries to buy him a very expensive suit he refuses because he feels it's very infantilizing and then um, he eventually breaks up with her because they're different and I'm like there's a compromise here you didn't have to buy an $1,800 suit yeah you could buy it to discount place or like a $200 suit or something you know but people here don't have like reasoned responses to situations they're very go to extremes so um she wa- i once <laughs> actually went to a lawyer party i had just gotten off the train in seattle and didn't have time to change into my dress clothes so i went to a lawyer party in my brown shredded sweater that you know oh legendary and some holes in jeans jeans and you know what it was fine I wasn't made to feel out of place and I had nice conversations and and nice drinks and it was fine so do you think that Steve could have gone wearing his gold corduroy suit yes yeah maybe maybe I I think it would have been fine for him to go in in what he had if it was well tailored at least and uh maybe it would have been a a hit 
but I think if somebody was, I think if he was made to feel poorly about himself because of his clothes at a company party, that just shows bad breeding on the part of those people. Furthermore, um, I feel like Charlotte has such a, not Charlotte, Miranda, sorry, has such a a noted like workaholic presence with her with her firm that she probably could have like had oh god a family emergency happened I can't go to the party and then it just like wasn't an issue anymore she probably could have just gotten out of it and then spared the whole situation yeah or come up with uh, a compromise and gotten a less expensive suit I feel like this sort of situation probably wouldn't happen in Portland (laughs) I feel like people would go in the corduroy suit and people would be like yeah he's wearing a suit (laughs) I'm sure you you got this also from working in insurance but there is a really specific type of person who is Portland rich like old money Portland Mm -hmm. where they like look nice enough that you can tell they get facials sometimes but their clothes are of quality, but a little worn, mm-hmm. often Patagonia. Yeah, I have um, I have a family member who is um, older, and he's very well off. He and his wife are well off, and they both wear like casual clothes, but you can tell that they're the expensive casual clothes. Um, but Portland doesn't dress formally unless like there's a real big reason to. And so. even then, do we even have? that stuff well i guess there's a brooks brothers downtown there's some stuff and it's usually reserved for like weddings and shit like that but the level of formality in portland is not like a lot of other major cities it's just it looks out of place when you see someone walking down the street in a ball gown (laughs) yeah i we went to for for a couple years for my birthday, I'd uh, go out to dinner at like a fancy restaurant. I think the fanciest thing anybody wore was like Columbia. Yeah, I think the city has realized that like it's just not worth it to be uncomfortable. It's just not. No. You have to have layers. Yeah. The weather changes really frequently sometimes. Yes, it's really convenient to have pants that convert into shorts and then back. Mm-hmm. I still don't agree with vests. I have a couple of vests. My arms get colder than my core does. I need like a, like additional sleeves to tack on. I need um, like a vest and then fingerless gloves. My hands get cold. Fingerless gloves don't seem to be effective either. Well, I just need the fingertips cut out so I can type. But you can get those gloves that work with touchscreens. I've tried those, and they're, they, they work for swiping, but you can't really do fine motor skills on your phone. Oh, maybe I've got, since my hands are so much bigger than yours, um, I find gloves that fit a little more snugly, so typing isn't an issue. That might be it. Maybe. Oh, I've got a kitty cat. Let's stop talking about Sex in the City. Is there anything you liked about this episode? Before? No. It was terrible. Nothing you liked? It was terrible. I like that Steve went away. That's Even something. Though, 
he he wasn't that bad in this episode. No. Do you think that he should have let Miranda buy his suit? I think he should have explained that it wasn't very comfortable and could they go somewhere where they could find an acceptable suit that he could afford. All right, let's talk about Adventure Time. Let's let's talk about Mystery Chain. This was a caper. Yes, it was um, a mystery on a train with with moiter. Um, so people re- got moiled. Really quick synopsis: Jake is surprising Finn for his birthday, and they go on a train to get to the final destination of the party. And throughout the train ride, um, people from the Candy Kingdom are getting murdered as the lights go out if they go through like a tunnel. And um, Finn is like, oh, my God, this is we have to solve this. And he gets so excited. And um, every time he thinks he's closed in on a subject, the lights go out and another person is dead and leaves their skeleton. And he, yeah, just the skeleton. Just, clean, clean, dry skeleton. Yeah, that's how murder works. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, the the train conductor the whole while is being really weird, but also like has a skateboard, so so he's cool and awesome. But he's also like creepy and weird. Yeah, um, he's like a humanoid with sort of big, like lollipop head. Uh huh. And one of his eyes is always closed. Yeah. Um. And so, gradually, people get murdered and. Finn's trying to think of who the suspect would be and um, they have everybody like in the caboose and he thinks he's got it figured out and he goes through this like complicated like problem solving analysis and seemingly because he's just been like grabbing items yeah like here's cabbage (laughs) and like stuff that's completely unrelated and here's a dictionary and these words are in the dictionary and everyone gasps (laughs) Um, and then uh all of the, the Candy Kingdom people are apparently dead and leave their skeletons. And then um, the lights go out one more time and then Jake appears dead. And then Finn is legit distraught. Um, understandably so. This is no longer a fascinating caper. This is, um, this is no longer a mystery that needs to be solved. This is like he's going to get vengeance for Jake's death. Mm-hmm. So he and the conductor kind of spar throughout the cars of the train and the conductor keeps detaching them and Finn keeps jumping and approaching and he's got a sword. They both got swords and they get the to- conductor's sword is made of wood. It, it's just a wooden sword. But they they spar and it didn't seem to be made of wood towards the end. It was made of wood. Um so they're they're they move up to and they're finally at the the front of the train and um finn is like what did he say about vengeance you're like my the only thing i want for my birthday is vengeance or something like that yeah <laughs> and they fight and um they wreck wreck the controls of the train so it can't stop and then um as he's pretty close to ending it um the conductor turns out to have been jake all along yeah, a really elaborate shapeshift has has occurred where Jake has, like when he was sitting reading the uh, program or 
the schedule yeah. or whatever, like part of his foot went around the corner and stretched and then stretched into the shape of a conductor, but his eyes were his feet. And then people were in the back to paint him up to be the colors of the conductor. Yeah. So Jake was the conductor all along. And that everybody was in on it and placed the skeletons in, in the spots of all the people who had been moited. And um, the train is about to reach the end of the tracks because they go out over a cliff. And it's not like it attaches on the either, other side of the cliff. It's not like a gulch or something like that. It's just the train tracks end. Yeah, they they are bent and broken at the end. Like maybe there was a bridge there at one point in time. And no, there is not. And Finn has run his sword through the entire control panel. So the, the, the train, the, the engine plummets. But conveniently lands on a large pile of like jello or something like that. Yeah, like a giant jello person. Person? Yeah. I thought it was like shaped like a cake or something. No, that was a little guy with, that was a big guy with like a face. Oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah. Um, and everyone cheers. And then the party continues and everyone eats cake and. Yeah, all the candy people that got murdered are there at the party and there's balloons and it's really colorful and fun. It turns out the landing on the gelatin was a total coincidence. Yeah, they didn't plan saying, that. Like, how did you? You must have taken forever to plan landing on the gelatin. And she said, "Oh, I didn't plan that." Vince says, "So we could have died horribly." Yeah. <laughs> and the ending shot is just like a bird's eye view looking over the cliff, down at the party. Mm-hmm. It's very ominous. So this was um, kind of a unique episode from other storylines that we've seen um, because there's not really been a a mystery element like this before, at least not this um, like prominent of a mystery, a little like murder in the Orient Express-y of it. Mm -hmm. That was pretty fun. And then the, um, the payoff of figuring out what the ruse was. I think was pretty fun too. see all the different um, behind the scenes stuff that happened to get it to be pulled off was pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yep. And now Finn is, I think, 13. Oh, so he's a man. Yeah. <laughs> what else is there to say about this episode? I really like this episode. Mm-hmm. It just has a lot going for it. I'm not usually a huge fan of mysteries as a whole. I don't like not knowing what's going on. <laughs> Imagine that about me. <laughs> um, but this was fun. It was. Ended on ominous note. I liked it. Yep. Nothing objectionable. No. I like that the um, the man who was the candy corn colonel was like it, colonel is like a play on corn as well. Mm-hmm. Colonel candy corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wordplay. 
Okay. This is also, I mean, we've talked about this before, but you'll start noticing it more, I think, especially in season three, that Finn ages, the voice actor ages with Finn. Mm-hmm. So there is aging that happens, which is another thing that I've said I like about this show. It's not stale. It doesn't, it doesn't get into the, oh, here's multiple summer vacation episodes and, and the children stay the same ages and in the same grades every year. Right. And it's fine. So that would mean that in the season that's currently airing, the, the, the voice actor at least is an adult. So perhaps Finn in the show is an adult. You don't have to tell me, but I'm just extrapolating. Yeah, I mean, it's a show that's been on for a while. I don't think it's a a one-to-one just because of however animation seasons and production seasons go. But Finn ages uh, into like a real person with complex relationships. Speaking of complex relationships, I'm going to talk about the next episode. Yes. So what's the title of this one? Go With Me. Um, I think. Something like that. The premise is that there's a movie night and the movie is going to have Smoochin in it and you have to bring someone to go with you. That you It's a couple's movie night. That you could be smooching theoretically even though you don't have to literally smooch them. And so, you know, Jake's got his girlfriend so he's got that figured out but Finn needs to figure out who to bring. So he uh, decides to bring Princess Bubblegum, but she's busy. Um, she's practicing for a death whistling competition. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in order to kind of get to persuade Bubblegum that she wants to go, uh, they enlist Marceline to help make Bubblegum jealous. Um and they have very, Jake and Marceline have very different ways that they think that they're going to make Bubblegum jealous. Um, and Marceline is like getting a kick out of, out of upsetting PB. Yeah, she's definitely in this for the joke. And all of her suggestions, it's pretty obvious she's selling it to Finn that this is like, this will be what, this is what's going to get her to be into you. But it's really like, I'm going to traumatize her. So, um, there's something that I'm not sure if I should tell you or not because it's it's canon but it doesn't it's not directly addressed in the show then tell and me and you kind of figure it out you'll figure it out eventually well, just tell me now okay uh, so canonically Bubblegum and Marceline used to date oh I can see that. Yeah. So you will notice like sometimes a strange tension with their relationship mm-hmm. and how like at this point there Marceline is getting a, a kick out of being antagonistic by proxy mm-hmm. and seeing Bubblegum kind of upset. So Jake's methods are like to dress Finn up in a um, loot suit, which is like a squire's costume or something from like Ren Fair, and have him play the loot to try to romance Bubblegum. And then Marceline is like, just wrestle her. Girls like fun. 
Yeah, girls like excitement. Uh, unleash a pack <laughs> of wolves on her. That sort of thing. <laughs> and, like, nothing is working. Um, yeah, and Princess Bubblegum just straight up has been thrown out of a castle. And it's like, don't come back, please. Stop acting like a psycho. <laughs> um, I love that the bridge is jam and toast. Oh, I noticed that the gate is made of pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the candy kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um so Finn's like, uh, like, I, what the hell am I going to do? Because, like, I can't, I want to go to the movie, and I don't have anyone to go with me. And then he slowly realizes that, like, oh, I should get Marceline to go with me. Yeah, because he and Marceline, to get the, to get Bonnie so excited, uh, go out and, like, integrate themselves with a pack of wolves. And then ride two of the wolves to the Candy Kingdom and pop them into Bonneville's bedroom. Yeah. Um, so he approaches. Um, he goes to Marceline's house. To approach her. And like wearing the loot suit. And wants her to go with him to the movie. Um, and she reads it as. He's trying to initiate a romantic relationship. And she is very. Um, not. Not. And um, shows just been some of her true self, which is like this weird, like tentacle beast. She like blows up and fills the whole house. And it's not necessarily her true self. It's just one of the many grotesque shapes she can take. I think that she was I so part of her true self. Like, you know, if you like me now, that's her. Um, and then, like, once they clarify that, uh, no, this would just be his friends. Then it's fine everyone's fine um so they go to the movie and the movie is like this sappy over it's like a drive-in movie type situation um and uh, yeah because this is this is not our civilization this is somebody uh with an old film reel showing it on the back of a, a sheet that's been draped up in the forest and uh everybody there who's a couple um kind of ignores what's going on with the screen eventually and it's just kind of like making out um but they see the couples kissing on screen and finn's reaction is to literally vomit (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, and marceline doesn't seem to like it too much either but her reaction is not quite as visceral um and so they decide to get out of there and um i think they what they ride through on a pack of wolves and like destroy the screen yeah (laughs) <laughs> so um yes it was what did you think of this episode um i feel like it dealt a little bit more with like clarifying their communication that's an important thing which uh sex in a city could learn from um i do think that like if if we're in a world where it's age appropriate for Finn to date either Princess Bubblegum or Marceline. So like in a world five years from now, I think that he and Marceline would probably be a better fit for each other. Um, just because they're on each other's level a bit more. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily what he should do. He seems to have a real big old crush on Princess Bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not quite they don't have the same kinds of fun. So 
I don't know if that would be sustainable, but maybe, you know, when he's 18 and she's like, what, 23, 25, maybe it'll be different. Yeah. And I mean, he's living in a world with no sunscreen. It's going to age him differently. He's got that hat that could help a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Jake is, um, he's doing his best, like what, Cyrano de Bergerac <laughs> to try to help, um, try to help Finn romance a lady, but it's kind of failing. So he doesn't seem to know what would specifically work for Princess Bubblegum. He gets frustrated and goes off to eat spaghetti, which I understand. Totally understand. Um, I don't know. This was, uh, I think, a, I like that this episode got into some more complex themes about, like, connecting with people. And also, you know, it's okay for a guy and a girl to hang out and just be friends. That's absolutely fine, too. And, and I also introduced the concept of a character... Uh, engaging in like giving Finn advice that she knows will lead to some some chaotic ending mm-hmm. because it is funny for her to mm-hmm. see that and I really like that yeah yeah it's always nice to see yourself on the screen I do like to see, so I, I like both the characters of Marceline and, and Princess Bubblegum. And I think I like the things about Marceline that I see are different from my characteristics. Um, I think that it's pretty obvious that, like, I would never be a kind of person who's like Marceline. But then there's Bubblegum, who's got, like, a very strong sense of, like, duty and, um, you know meeting your obligations even if something fun comes along that would be an interruption to that and kind of um the responsibility of her people and those sorts of things and so seeing that seeing uh women represented with a lot more um nuance and differentiation um i think the women on adventure time are decidedly more complex than the women on sex in the city yes and they're not even human women nope and they are able to have conversations about things that aren't just romantic partners. Uh, I liked Marceline's hair in this. This is another one where you can start to see that they have different hair, different outfits. Mm-hmm. I think Marceline's haircut is actually possibly, maybe, an homage to uh, Lydia Yuknovic's chronology of water. Huh. I've read a few of her books, but I don't think I've read anything. In, is that a series? Chronology of Water? No, it's it was her, I think it was her first novel. I've read... Not a novel, it's a memoir. I've read a couple of her books, but not not that one. That's probably um, the best one. I read uh, The Book of Jane. And I haven't read that one yet. There's another one, I can't remember the title, but it's... Uh, Dora? Oh, I read Dora. I guess I read three books of hers then. And not There's... Chronology? Oh, Chronology is the best. I think I was just reading what I what there was at my library. But no, I read three of her books last year. There's another one that's um, uh, it's told in a very interesting narrative. And it basically focuses on kind of the broader impacts of a woman who goes to photograph the... Um, Small uh, backs of children. Yes, that one. So I've read three of her books, but should I read Chronology of Water? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. But are you proud of me that I've read any of her work? Yeah. She's a local author. She is. Um, local celebrity. I um, I don't know. This this episode probably came out, what, like five, seven years ago, more Pro- or less? Yeah, probably. That's right about when women started doing a lot more buzzing of the half of their head. So maybe that was just kind of a coincidental. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, she's got kind of a long side haircut, but one side of her head is shaved. So... Who knows? All oh, my kitties all curled up on me. This is it's been two weeks since I've let Kingsley sleep in my bedroom. So I'm letting him sit with me today. And he is just like attached to me like a fungus right now. This is just how it's gotta be right now, Bubs. I'm sorry. Um, this was an enjoyable episode. Yes. I've been looking forward to to watching these episodes because they are enjoyable. Mm-hmm good stuff any final thoughts on it oh i don't think so maybe we should have like production notes that we can it helps me to like mention something to you before we record this podcast then i have an easier time remembering it because just what with what with everything happening all the time kind of hard to remember whatever passing thought I had when I was watching the episode we just we just take notes on a scrap of paper we don't need to talk to each other about it first I don't see why we can't because I want to save it for the podcast but we do okay whatever would help you um, in any way I'm here for so the next two episodes of Adventure Time, we have our Belly of the Beast and The Limit. Both of those are going to be a fun. Um, oh, shit. What? Just, it's going to be so fun in a few weeks. Oh, we're going to learn something tragic, aren't we? No, it's going to be so fun. You know, you're not a great liar. You're not a great liar. Uh, I don't typically lie. Uh, the way that Hulu has these laid out, by the way, is also um, one of them is out of order. Oh. So I'm going to make a, a recommendation next week on how we watch the this next set of episodes after this one. Okay. I will defer to your expertise. Um, okay. Well, let's wrap things up. Um, can we give our pop culture recommendations for the week? Sure. What do you have? I'm going to recommend um, our friend Lisa, who we work with, but she's just uh, a brilliant, amazing, fun human being. Um, I'm going to go see her show tonight, but she, if you're in the Portland metro area, she and her band, Counterfeit Hits, are like Portland's premier cover band, and they are just so much fun. And they do some weddings here and there, but they also perform at local bars. So if you go look them up on Facebook, that's the best way to find out about them. Um, They are just a lot of fun. And I um, ran the, the new year, year before last, all by myself. I didn't know anybody else at the show. 
at a bar in Lake Oswego watching her band perform, and it was a lot of fun. So. Also, Lisa is in a Portland Idol competition right now, and she's yes, killing she it. She's, um, like, very possibly going to win the whole thing. Like, definitely going to win the whole thing. Um, and we all, like, if you've heard Lisa sing, she's, like, a tremendous singer. She's so good. And she has a great stage presence. And she's just, like, an aces person. Yes. And she allegedly listens to that. Um, and if she doesn't I guess she's forgiven yes and if she listens to this ages later then it'll be a nice little easter egg for her yep Lisa's great people she is she's a really good listener yes if you're talking she she stays very engaged yeah no Lisa's just Lisa's great Um, what have you got I have The Wicked and the Divine, a comic series from Image by Gillen McKelvey and Wilson Cowles. Uh, it's, so the synopsis is that every 90 years, 12 gods return as young people, like real young humans who were growing up and then get possessed and turned into these gods. Uh, it, in different eras, it manifests in different ways. And in the, the Faust act, the first trade, the setup is that they are all pop stars. So these are 12 gods like Baal, Inanna, uh, the Morrigan, Baphomet, uh, Lucifer is in there. Lucifer is kind of, seems like the main intro character. And she is very, she's very great. And my little crush, just fine. So this is a comic book series that I've heard a lot about over the last couple of years and I'm finally getting into it and I'm very glad that I did. And as always, you can get these at Books with Pictures, my local comic book shop. This is gradually turning into Kelly recommends something generic and Badger recommends something Books with Pictures every week, um, which is not a complaint. That, that is a Portland institution. Yes. And, so. and just it's just like it's so it's a comic book shop, but it's built around the idea that comics should be for everybody and there should be uh, an inclusive safe space for um, all gender expressions. And they really put forward a lot of local comics. They highlight ones with uh, trans folks, trans characters um, or characters of like varying sexuality. Um, gender non-conforming or androgynous, non-binary, like, yeah, non-binary, binary, like you saw in Sex Criminals. Um, I have some of your comic books that I've held hostage that I'm going to be reading, and then I'll give them back to you. I would like Hawkeye. I'll we'll read that first, so I get it back to you the soonest. Okay, I I, I, I lent it to Jeff over a year ago. I, know. I want to reread it. I'll get it back to you. Okay. But I, um, I'm starting to read gradually more stuff as a result of your recommendations. I did read more um, like graphic novels when I was in high school and early college. Like I read a lot of Neil Gaiman, so um, uh, Sandman, etc. Back, back, back in the day, um, and then I kind of lost interest. But I'm gradually getting a little more interested into that media. I didn't really get into it in high school. Honestly, Books with Pictures has been a big catalyst for 
like hooking me up with a lot of the media that has that I, I really enjoy and is very, very meaningful to me. It's so, good that we have those things. We're yes. very lucky to live in this area. We are. All right. We want to do our shout outs and thank yous to our dutiful listeners. Yes. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Emily. Taylor. Emily. Uh, Kristen. Lisa. Caitlin. Chelsea. Sam. Kristen. Jordan. Will. Sam. Jordan. Will. I know that I've got a few more people on my, like, Twitter. I can't even, I won't even go into explaining my interactions with Twitter. But a few more people have learned that we have a podcast um, and have said that they've downloaded it, to which we also always say, why? Um, But if they are listening and continue to listen, uh, the best way to let us know that you're listening and to let us know what we can improve on is to reach out to us on Twitter at SextimePod. Or on Facebook, we are Sex Time Podcast, and we have so few interactions that we do respond to everything. Only Taylor takes on, advantage of of this of these medium. And then on Facebook, uh, Kristen has been the only real interaction. So, and uh, she recently posted that she's been time banditing, which, if you listen to TBTL, just means um, catching up on older episodes you didn't have time to listen to when they first came out and so I really appreciate that she's like you know what I couldn't get to it initially but I'm gonna listen to it now because otherwise like I think most people would be like I didn't listen to it when it came out so fuck that podcast I guess I'm not (laughs) listening to it so so thank you Kristen that's um I know what that means that you're taking time to go back and listen to older stuff so so thank you Kristen and also like the why (laughs) well Emily's Emily likes our banter. She does, and she's also really behind on podcasts. <laughs> um, well, I guess that's all for us this week. Anything for the good of the order before we end it? I have nothing. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back um, every Friday, like always, with another we'll, episode. We'll see uh, you next time on Sex on Time. Sex Time. We'll get it later. Okay, bye. <laughs>